Anne recognized the sound. She'd heard it dozens of times over the past week. She peered over the boat's edge. The fog was so thick she couldn't see more than a few feet beyond the prow. At thirty-two, with a thin wiry body and dirty blonde hair that barely reached the nape of her neck, climbing over the thirty-eight-foot Viking yacht was easy for Anne. Though her legs and arms still bore the scratches and bruises from the first few turbulent days on board, she held onto the railing that wrapped around the cabin's roof and edge along the narrow rim to the stern. A body floated in the water. Only the torso was visible, the legs lost to the fog. The man's head patted the boat with a hollow thud, the cause of the sound she heard. The man would have been handsome if it wasn't for the puckered purple cut across his left cheek his pallid skin, and his nose bent at a broken angle. Joel? Anne's words were muffled by the fog. Come up here! She listened, but there was no reply. She stomped her foot on the deck like a buck calling a female. What? A voice called out. Come up here a minute! Joel grumbled as he ascended the stairs. He was a thirty-year-old, walnut-haired, broad-chested Australian, more accustomed to the outback than the ocean. Upon seeing the body, he said, Ah, bloody hell, not another floater. Can't we just toss it back? You know we can't. Joel cupped his hands around his mouth and called down the stairs. Yo, Stan! Come up here! Pigeon-chested Stan McIntyre was two inches shy of Joel's six feet two, but he had a bearing his past life as a schoolteacher had imbued him with that made him seem taller. Where are the girls? Anne asked. Inside with Mary. Stan said. Do we have to do this one? Joel whined. Can't we just let him be? Respect the dead and all that? Not when he might have something in his pocket that could aid us, Stan said. Joel blew out an exasperated puff of air. All right, then. Let's get this over with. Joel and Stan took an arm each and pulled the body on board. Water splashed and pooled over the deck. Whose turn is it to turn out the pockets? Stan asked. I did it last night, Joel said. And I did it this morning. Me too, Anne said. Joel rolled his eyes. Great. He rooted through the man's pockets. He screwed up his face. Nothing. Knew there wouldn't be. Let's toss him back. Joel hooked his hands into the crook of the body's arms and lifted him up until he was almost standing. He was about to push it over the side when the body wheezed a gasping breath. Joel's eyes went wide and he dropped the body. Jesus Christ, this bugger's still alive! Is he one of them, do you reckon? Stan said, picking up a length of iron kept for such occasions. Anne reached over slowly, keeping a close eye on the man, and put her fingers to his wrist. He has a pulse. It's faint, but it's there. He can't be alive, can he? Joel said, his hand on his chest like he was going to suffer a heart attack. Must be one of them! None of the others were alive. That doesn't mean this one can't be. He can't be alive. He's been floating around for a week. We don't know that. He might have only fallen in a few hours ago. His beard, Stan said, gesturing to the man's five o'clock shadow. If he'd been at sea a long time, then it'd be a lot longer than it is now. There is only one way of knowing for sure, Anne said. We have to check him for bite marks. Joel shook his head. No, no way I'm going near him. You know how fast those things can move. Anne reached into her pocket, extricating a switchblade. I'll do it. She kneeled down at the foot of the body and began cutting off a saturated sock.
Fine, Joel said, getting down on his knees and cutting at the other sock with his own knife. But if anything happens, I blame you. Stan, you stand over him with your pole ready. I swear, his eyelids so much as flutter, give it to him. Stan took position over the body, pole poised. Joel shook his head. Can't believe I'm doing this. They cut away the man's pants. His dark, wire-like hair lay plastered to his pale legs. They cut away the man's light blue shirt with fancy cufflinks. The man mumbled under his breath. Everyone froze. Stan tensed, pole held over his shoulder like a batter stepping up to the plate. The man quieted down, and they continued. They pulled off the man's shirt, exposing his arms. They were not large and muscular, but toned and hard. They tore through the man's undershirt. Anne gasped.